Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, as I have been for every single episode of this show, approaching 800-plus episodes now. Uh, before this, I was the lead draft and prospect analyst at Scouting 24-7, so uh, of course, we'll get into a little bit of draft today on the last full show before the draft on Sunday. And, uh, you know, also, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. You know, I always like to give shout outs to people who give me good reviews. And I thought I had, you know, done all of these, but then some of these I couldn't remember. So just in case I missed you, thank you to Craig Piggy Sue, to Patch Rogers, and to Little Josh. Lil Josh, I guess I should say. Uh, as well as BVVHHTTGCSEC. So thank you. Uh, we're at 114 ratings. Appreciate all of you who have taken the time to do that. I've not actually graded myself on there because I like never use Apple products, so I just don't have uh, an account. Uh, to those who use it, though, like we've done the geotagging and stuff on here. Most of my listeners come through iTunes, so that's why that is important. Guardians are winning right now, four nothing, two outs in the ninth. Emmanuel Classe uh, just got a pop up to Alex Call, and we have former Guardian Eric Haas coming in. Uh, you know. Is, is is Haas one of the bigger misses in recent memory? When we think about the black hole that is the offensive position, like Eric Haas is a guy a lot of us really believed in. Uh, you know, talking to people in the minors with his performance, you know, there were some who did not think he was that far behind Francisco Mejia at the time when Mejia was the, considered the best catching prospect in baseball. And I had a few people whisper that they thought, Haas was a better defender. Now, I, I don't think that's really a shock to think that Haas would be a better defender than Mejia. It's not like his defense is what uh, got him out there. But Haas, he's a guy who, at points, it looked like he was just going to be a free agent or a, like a minor league free agent. Like he didn't think like he'd get it together, and then you know, he just kept improving, and the power was there. But we have to, and you go and you look at what he did last year, and <laughs> never going to have a high batting average. He's going to strike out a lot. He doesn't walk a lot. But he's got an OPS still over 700 this year. Uh, it just comes down to the fact that he, uh, you know, he's a, he's got power for the position. And when you look at his bat relative to position, he's good. He's actually got excellent pop time as well. He gets up quick. Uh, I don't know what his his arm speed is in terms of everyone else, but the issue is his framing. Very poor framing data, and I think that's essentially why he was let go. It is up. Last year it was down at eight percent, which is really awful, and he is at. Uh, 31, so that's great improvement. Pop time staying, staying good. And what's kind of funny when you look at it is his sprint speeds are actually in the red. Uh, let's see, did he have, yeah, 72 and 75%. So he runs really well for a catcher. Uh, he's, you know, from a very good baseball program, that Divine Child program in Michigan. And before anyone goes all, like, anti-Michigan, remember, if he doesn't come to Cleveland as a, a you know, a high school kid drafted out of high school... And I believe that 2011 Francisco Lindor class, uh, he's going to Ohio State. So, yeah, he was an Ohio State commit before he came, uh, joined the Guardian system. Guardians just officially win there on a Haas ground out. But I had to take a second and talk about an old friend who's doing well and a guy I'm always going to root for and a guy that I know they value framing so, so much. We all know that. But, man, wouldn't Haas look a lot better than Luke <laughs> Maley right now as a backup or even like a 40% time player. Am I crazy? 
Am I making too much of this? Make sure you let me know over on my Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Let's talk about, to me, the story of this game, Tristan McKenzie. <laughs> we, you know, I've talked about when McKenzie is on, he is on. And after that really rough stretch where when it got bad, I mean, he had the lowest war of any starter on this team. He was tied with Savali, and Savali missed a month. And war is an accumulating stat. Stack? Stat. Uh, it's not just like, you know, you can't just be good at it for a month and then it stays consistent. Uh, you have to keep staying good. And with Savali missing time, that meant he missed opportunities. So uh, McKenzie had been bad. He had been legitimately really bad. And now this is, what, three starts in a row where he has been amazing. Like, this was, you put this, the um, Shane Bieber start earlier this week, and then this start today, these are two of the five best starts this team has had all year. And it's come in the last, you know, week. Uh, for all the problems of pitching, like, when McKenzie is on, he is a front-of-the-line pitcher. Eight innings, five hits, 12 strikeouts. See, his 109 pitches. So, got. Uh, you know, I don't know if 109 is really high. It's fine. I'm glad they didn't throw him out there for the ninth, even though he had the shutout going. You don't want him going more. There's no point to it. Uh, also, after everything that occurred yesterday, and we'll get into the roster moves. Sorry, things are, like, making noise over here. It's driving me nuts. Stop it. Um, it was This was such a need for what McKenzie did here to sit there and go eight, to not have to dive into that bullpen. Uh, the, the Guardians needed this. They needed someone to step up and McKenzie has been that guy of late but so is Bieber and that's the thing you have such a good one in Bieber again we talked about this year we all kind of underestimate him then you look and he's still top five in like every stat amongst pitchers in the American League McKenzie when he is on might be better than than Bieber when he is on he might be better than Bieber after that it's just a lot of unknowns and or back end and they're all like We've talked about before, the oldest pitcher on this staff, it might surprise you, it's Plesak. Uh Then Savale and Bieber are about the same age, and then Quantrell, and then McKenzie, who's almost 25. Everyone else is just 26, 27. It's a young staff, but they're still just not necessarily um, getting it all together. Uh, and part of that is just, with those other three, I think we can very clearly say they're back, back end of the rotation types. Isn't it funny with... Uh, Back end of the bullpen is a good thing. Back end of the rotation, no. And just to talk again about Savale, his injury with his inflamed right wrist, which that's kind of, I mean, you don't think that's going to lead to surgery necessarily, but still, inflamed anything when it comes to a pitcher is scary to me. And talk about it again. Last year, full season, 124 innings due to injury. I mean, one can argue his most successful season uh, and it wasn't necessarily even super successful. I mean, his most successful season was as a rookie when it was 57 innings. He had a, the 234 ERA and a 330, uh, 340 FIP. The weird 2020 year when they were facing, remember, Plesak and Bieber put up unrealistic numbers because of who they were facing. Savale was okay, uh, worth 1.1 war that year, a 403 FIP, but 74 innings, which is, for that season, that's a pretty good amount of innings. And then last year, the 124 due to injury, and we're at the halfway point, and he's at 54 innings. Like, he's going to be, he may not break 100 innings this year. And I believe, yeah, he becomes arbitration eligible at the end of this year. I don't know what his valuation is going to be. It's really hard to judge a guy who's just had those health issues. So overall, uh, with 
Okay, before we get back into the game, let's just get into what occurred. Savale to the tabled list, Tanner Tully up to clear a roster spot. Uh, for Tanner Tully, they designated Alex Young for assignment. I thought Young was interesting, but he doesn't get, he got what, a third of an inning? Hey, better than nothing, right? Uh, so Young is out, Tully is up. Tully is, he is a guy that you can go out there and just let him throw and you're not worried. He is a rubber-armed player for the Guardians. Uh, then they, with Mercado cleared waivers, so he is now down to AAA. He doesn't have a choice in the matter. He's not a free agent yet. So he cleared waivers. He is now a bonus player down in AAA. Uh, no one claimed him the second time around. But the Guardians, you're like, wouldn't they have a roster spot open? Well, Baltimore waived Kirk McCarty, so Cleveland re-added him to the 40-man. And he is now, I believe, uh, being sent to, to AAA. So yeah, the Guardians just keep releasing and claiming their guys back. And, you know, I get it to a degree. Um, what this game is, is, you know, we see the Guardians do it with Yohan Ramirez, and then they trade him with, with any of these guys. You claim them and add them, and then you wait a few weeks and see if you can pass them through waivers, right? Like, I think Baltimore is like, well, we kind of were intrigued. McCarthy's a nice depth arm. Uh, we'll see if we can pass him through. And Cleveland decided that with, especially with Savale's injury, that they needed McCarthy back, and I can't blame them for making that choice. So, yeah, that was the recent roster uh, <laughs> fun again. You know, Mercado gone, Mercado back. That was very loud. I apologize. Uh, now he's down in AAA. Uh, McCarty gone, McCarty back. Uh, we'll see what happens. June 17th, they're going to have to add uh, Vargas back. And Cody Morris, we talked about, he just started pitching in Arizona. So he's going to have to be added back, I believe, at some point by the end of this month. So they're going to have to clear two 40-man spots. Right now it is at max size, and one of them is going to need to be, like, McCarty needs to be, or not McCarty, Vargas needs to be added in the uh, the next week. So we'll see what occurs there. We're going to take our first break, come back, and really get into the nitty-gritty of today's Guardians win. And our first fantastic sponsor today are our good friends over at BlueNile.com. You know them. If it's fine jewelry, if it's engagement jewelry, if you just want original jewelry, not something that's cookie cutter, but something that is classic, timeless, and original that you're not going to find a traditional jeweler, you want to go to BlueNile.com today. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of 500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. And then I also want to give you a heads up there's a pretty cool draft event happening here at Locked On with uh, some dude named Jeff Ellis <laughs> and also Lindsay of the MLB Prospects podcast. Subscribe now to MLB, uh, Locked on MLB Prospects. You get notified when they go live on draft night. Uh, you can also subscribe to Locked on Guardians and also get that in there. Uh, make sure you check out the show. Uh, okay, let's get into it. There's kind of some interesting things going on uh, right now with the Cleveland Guardians and the minors and the majors. We're going to talk about the game first, then we'll get into the stuff in the minors. So let's first talk about this game. Tristan McKenzie sets a lot of new records for him. Oh, didn't unpause the video. So <laughs> go back. A uh, lot going on. 
when we talk about this game, I mean, Tristan McKenzie is, of course, the star of this one. Easily one of the three stars. It's a new high for him in strikeouts. Uh, he was throwing hard the whole game. Average edges of velocity nearly 96 miles an hour. Nine, eight innings, five hits, 12 strikeouts. No walks at all. No hit batters, no anything. No home runs. We talked about, like, the, the two big bugaboos for him this year have been walks and home runs. Didn't see either. Uh, just an utterly dominant performance by McKenzie. We already got into a bit. Class A with a perfect ninth offensively Ahmed Rosario three for five he's you know he's either hot or he's cold and there's nothing in between who else reached base multiple times in this one well Nolan Jones had two walks again he's going to be he's he's got that Carlos Santana in him that's going to make uh, some fans uh, feel a bit insane because we know how much people did not love Carlos Santana when he was here Uh, Andres has two hits including a home run he also had a walk Two walks by Miles Straw, two hits by Austin Hedges. It's almost more interesting who didn't reach base multiple times. That was Quan, Ramirez, and Naylor, and Franmil. Uh, everyone else did. The entire rest of that lineup who was playing the whole time. Now, you know, yes, Alex Call got a pinch hit, so he didn't get in there. But it wasn't only that. It's like Naylor had his 12th home run. We talked about uh, Jimenez had his 10th in the 8th, kind of to give that insurance. And then Quan, Jimenez, and Rosario all had doubles as well. So, you know, just a very strong offensive performance, a fantastic pitching performance. And Detroit, listen, we talked about last time, for as much as we all complain, myself included, about the Guardians' struggles, go look at that lineup in Detroit right now. Let's just, the OPS is down the line, 672, 700, 697, 679, 709. Eric Haas is their best hitter at 709. 570 for Candelario. Scope, 574. Spencer Torkelson, one of him and Bobby Witt were the names to watch for Rookie of the Year. 584. Uh, Akil Badu, remember when he was the story of the year last year as a Rule 5 pick at the start? 425. They have three guys batting under 200, including Torkelson and Condelario. It's rough. We complain about Hedges, and yes, Hedges is still worse than everyone but Badu. But overall, I mean, this Detroit team is not good, and that is what you should do when you face a lineup that, again, has been historically bad, and it makes that sweep last week even more infuriating right now. This Detroit team is historically bad. Uh, there's no reason for them to have swept the Guardians, just none at all. Uh, the, the offensive explosions they had. Uh, but in this one, let's just focus on the good. Everything was good. Your three stars in this one, uh, obviously McKenzie. And then I'm giving one to Andres uh, because home run and a double. And he had a walk. He reached base three times. And then I, I know some would argue Naylor for the other home run, but I think you have to give it to Ahmed. Three hits and a double. He had an extra base uh, and three hits. Yeah, he's the guy there. Uh, one of those ones where it's the weird situation where we're leaving off a guy who had a home run or we're leaving off guys who reach base on, you know, had two hits, but that's how good of a game this was overall for the guardians. And hopefully they'll just keep chugging along back to 500 right now for your Cleveland guardians and 44 and 44, uh, been a 500 team most of this year. We'll see if they can, you know, they're still second in the division, I didn't see what the White Sox have done tonight. See if they're going to stay a half a game up or if uh, the White Sox lose and it becomes, you know, a game and a half up. But either way, you know, I'm I'm very interested overall 
to see what the next step is. You know, we got Plesak versus Hutchinson. I know I've been doing the one-to-one matchups. So I feel like we've just been kind of in the same guys in a rotation here. But Plesak versus Hutchinson should be advantage. Guardians, Quantrell, Pineda should be advantage. Guardians, Bieber versus Bo Brisky should be advantage. Guardians, the Guardians should sweep this series. They should. If I went through position by position, catcher, they have the advantage. After that, the Guardians have the advantage at every other position. That's how bad Detroit's offense has been. They have a dominating advantage in terms of lineup. They have an advantage in every single one of these pitching matchups. Cleveland should win these four games. They should go into the All-Star break three games over 500. That is my hot take right now. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on my Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. We're going to take another break here, come back, and talk about a lot of moves in the minors and look between the lines and see if we can figure out what's going on. We got to talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. You know them, you love them. Uh, let's do what I used to do back in the day, which was sit here and and tell you about what's fun about Bet Online while going and looking at tomorrow's line. I've already said the Guardian should win tomorrow's game, but them being on the road, this might be a chance to go and uh, you know have an advantageous uh, situation. Cleveland, Plesak versus Hutchinson. Yeah, Hutchinson is getting oh they're is getting one and a half. Um, so Cleveland actually, I don't know, a negative one and a half. Uh, again, I don't always know these things well, but I believe that means that the the Guardians are favored tomorrow. And one and a half. You know, Plesak's pitched well of late. I, I would think that you want to look into Plesak in that if that is your thing. And BetOnline not as your number one source for all of your betting needs and info, as I just showed. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores and news. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. And if you're doing, watching on the video, see now this is the thing. You can watch on the video and listen and see what the differences are in terms of where I start and stop and where I do minor edits or not. Uh, just a little wrinkle. So the Guardians had a bunch of moves today. Uh, Alan Romero went from Akron to Lake County. Seth Caldwell was activated in Akron. People looked at that, um, I think, the wrong way. Uh, I wouldn't get to that anything is necessarily coming. I know what happened with Maley yesterday. Like, yes, getting hit in the mask means I. you would think he's probably going to miss time, but it's not a guarantee. Uh, going back into this, uh, Randy Labatt, who's been really strong this year, and Zach Hart got demoted. Brian Eichhorn got demoted and inactive in Lynchburg. Mason Hickman, Matt Turner, Jordan Jones, and Doug Casey. Most of the pitching staff. This screams of a COVID outbreak. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Am I allowed to say that? I, I'm. You know, I think at the end of the day, when you see four guys go inactive from a, a pitching staff, th- th- you can read between the lines. They they had a COVID issue there, so those guys will probably stay inactive uh, until they can test. You know, safe. Until then, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, there. That's a, it's a rough situation for that team to have to cover, and the Guardians have to move that many arms around to, you know, make up for that fact. Uh, speaking of other things, it could be scary. Uh, John Kenzie Noel took a fastball to the hand and was eventually pinch hit for. We'll follow that story as it comes. That came from our good friend Justin Lotto over at uh, Indians Guardian Insider at JL underscore BL. And then Justin also had the stats on Peyton Beatonfield because I think this is something you really should talk, I, not you, I should talk about that everyone needs to hear about because we've been talking about Beatonfield's struggles this year. Uh, today, 
83 innings, or 83 innings, no, <laughs> eight innings on just 93 pitches, six Ks, three hits, lowered his ERA to under three now, down to 291, probably his best start of the year. Uh, I don't think he's, <laughs> I, I do like Justin's follow-up. This is a good start by Batonfield. Not every good performance seems to be followed by a call-up, though. He gets a shot eventually. Uh, that is a new minor league high for him also from Justin. And I agree. It's, I'm not saying that Batonfield needs to be called up uh, or anything of that like, but I think when he is performing well, uh, it makes it easier to consider, you know, like I said, he's, he's someone who needs to be added before the Rule 5 at the end of this year if they're going to keep him. So it just gives you another option at the end of the day. That, that's all. It gives you an option about who can jump in for this starting rotation. I I just don't, again, you know, yeah, it's great. Kurt McCarty's back. Connor Pilkington, like these are fine depth guys. Batonfield's the player where I think you have some hope that he is more than kind of that up and down arm. So we'll see, but uh, it is nice to have him performing well. Uh, so after a rough stretch to start the year, you know, I think we all thought he might be conceivably up by now. It just hasn't come together for him. So we're hoping that that can continue on for Pete and Batonfield. And again, gives them another option, just like Cody Morris pitching in Arizona this week, gives them another option in terms of, you know, who can help this team because uh, pitching is a weakness. It is a legitimate weakness. Weakness? It's a weakness, people. No, it's a weakness. Uh, and we would like to see you know, uh, in continued improvements overall in that staff. And, and, you know, I am very curious how they're going to approach this deadline. There's a few different ways they can go about it. But speaking of approaching the deadline, uh, if they decide to go all in, let's talk about who are the performers this year. And one of the things that stood out is yesterday we were talking about the hitters, looking at the pitchers. How about the fact that Logan Allen, with 120 strikeouts already, <laughs> sorry, 120 strikeouts in 82 and a third innings. My goodness. Next highest, Jack Leftwich with 99. Uh, Xavier Curry at 94. Hunter Gannis, 93. Tanner Bybee, 92. Gavin Williams, 91. Uh, you can just go through this list, though. It's like, uh, Rodney Boone, another guy who's uh, had, I believe, a velocity jump, is at 90. Will Dion, who had a velocity jump, I want to say, at 88. Trent Denholm, who I know had one at 84. Then Joey Cantillo, who's just healthy at 83. Uh, going through the continued listing of, like, you know, because that's the problem. Like, a lot of these pitching stats, like, game started, saves. It's minor league stuff. Is that, you know, what's the value? Whip, I mean, whip has been shown to not be a great indicator, but I think there is some value just in looking at it. One is left, which, and again, Leftwich is older than Gavin Williams, and he's spent most of this year in the lowest ring in the minors now. He was a reliever at Florida who didn't develop. If you've heard that story before, I don't know why. Oh, right, because it's the Florida pitcher story. Um, Aaron, uh, I'm curious. Are you sad that I'm not making fun of Virginia as much, or is it better I'm making fun of somebody else? I feel like... Virginia probably doesn't like Florida in baseball. Let me know about that. I am curious. When you look at whip, it goes Leftwich, Williams, Boone, Dion Curry, Gaddis. Again, Gaddis, ugh. Gaddis is that guy where we had him on the show, and he's not talked about as much, but he's appearing on all of these lists. And, you know, like, I, like this is the official document I get being part of the media from the Guardians. 
and I like it, but I wish that they would, you know, they have like average and innings pitch. And <laughs> my favorite is shutout because it's just Rodney Boone with one. The only shutout in the minors this year. Complete games. You got Boone and Leftwich each with one. It's like, could we have, you know, can you guys maybe compile and give us, you know, walk to strikeout ratio, uh, things like that. I mean, it's not, I mean, I can pull that up on fan graphs. It's like, I can do that, but it's just, I, and I don't want to seem, uh, like I'm not appreciative to being on that list and getting this additional info. It is fun to see, but just interesting that like, even to this day, it's like when I get there from the Cleveland guardians, it is ERA wins, strikeouts, game started, complete game, shutout games, saves, innings pitched, average whip and win percentage. Those aren't like the most, like (laughs) those aren't stats at the front office. I think even looks at (laughs) maybe outside of strikeouts. It's just, it's funny in that regard. And again, I am thankful that I qualify as media and they send me that. And you know, this, there's so much great information in here in general when I get the little packet, but looking at it overall, I'm just kind of like, okay, I guess that's how this is going. Um, you got, can't help but kind of laugh. You know, we talked about the batters in general. It, it's interesting if you go and look at the International League, which is all of AAA. Will Benson and Alex Call, one, two, and on base percentage in the entire league. Uh, you, we were talking about, you know, where they placed amongst the Guardians players, but, you know, Benson sixth in the entire league, Call fourth. Uh, they've got a lot of guys performing really well. Uh, overall, Benson leads the league and walks. John Singleton, do you remember him? Signed a contract before he ever got to the majors and then was a big bust. Uh, not, you know, that was the Houston Astros didn't get that one together. But yeah, it's one of those things overall, like looking at, man, Zach McAllister is pitching out in Memphis. I did not know that. That's the interesting thing. Because, like, once you made it to the big leagues, you always make decent money. So, hey, if you're happy living in Memphis and being a depth starter, when was the last time, like, Zach McAllister... Uh, interesting. Uh, might have to try. I, I tried to click on his name, and I got I got uh, invited to the Major League Baseball uh, self registration research portal. And I'm going to 100 uh, percent try to apply for this later. I, I don't know if I qualify or not, but uh, I love that I can do that. So yeah, looking at this pitching staff overall with the Cleveland Guardians. It is, like, Xavier Curry, I think, is still more likely a reliever the same way. For a lot of the same reasons I thought Eli Morgan was. And I think Gaddis is as well. But those guys are performing well. And, you know, I'm not opposed to, to trying as long as you can. But what is interesting right now with this Cleveland Guardians team, and it's what I talked about yesterday, I think Class A spot is safe. I think Morgan's spot is safe. Trevor Seffen's spot should be safe. Sam Hench's spot should be safe. You want to see what he can do. Karen check. Exactly. You want to see what he can do. Sandlin. Yes. Anil. He's been strong. I think his spot's safe. So what's that leave? That leaves Brian Shaw. Because you can only carry so many pitchers. And if we go over here and I go to teams, uh, or I go, yeah, no, uh, yeah, teams, Cleveland Guardians. Do you want to place a, a bet on who the lowest war on the Guardians pitching staff is? Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to claim Straw, not Straw. <laughs> I'm going to claim Shaw. Uh, does anyone want to oppose that bet? I'm going to give you a second here. Uh, if you oppose that bet, you owe me money. Brian Shaw has appeared in 34 games and has a negative six war. He's a 608 FIP. 
Uh, his xFIP is only a 435 because his uh, his home run rate is so high that xFIP thinks, oh, it's got to you know stabilize. Shaw just isn't good. His war is worse than Castro's. Yes, he has pitched in more innings than Castro, but that's the only reason why uh, his war is worse than Castro. I mean, it, it, you're looking at guys who have just been. He is in that grouping where he is with there with the guys that we know are just not major league ones. He had a negative war last year. Brian Shaw hasn't had a, a pos- has not had a positive war in a season since 2017. It's been it's 2022. He's had five years in a row with a negative war, and they're paying him. If if he stays on roster, it's going to get close to four million dollars. Close to four million dollars for a guy who in five the last time he had a positive war was five years ago. Five years ago. Who has the mo- who's pitching the most games for the Guardians this year? Okay, that, that's the end of your pause. If you're thinking Shaw again, I got you. It's not. It's Class A is in 39 games. Shaw is number two though. That's right. Brian Shaw has appeared in the second most games. And he is the worst pitcher on this team. It just, that's my frustration right now with Shaw. And it's like his strikeout percentage is under 20%, which on this Guardians team, you know who has strikeout percentages under 20%? His is tied with Connor Pilkington's. And then it's Plesak, Quantrell, Kirk McCarty, amongst people who've had double digit innings. He, that's not, you know, uh, Plesak and Quantrell are not strikeout artists. Pilkington, McCarty are not. Like, he's, Shaw is supposed to be someone who misses bats. You're like, well, at least he limits the damage on the walk. Uh, not so fast, because in terms of walks, we're looking again at someone over 10 innings. Sandlin's still the worst. Then Castro, Ghost, Pilkington, and who's fifth? Brian Shaw. So not only is he not missing bats, he's not striking anyone out. And I know I promised prospects, but this is my point. We need to see what all those other players can do. So let's limit the Shaw. It's time to say goodbye to the Shaw of, you know, I'm not going to say Iran. Let's see where he's from, uh, as I don't know that off the top of my head. Oh, come on. That's where you kind of miss the baseball reference, where it gives me all that information. Uh, I guess I missed the point. So we're not going to make the joke because it's, it's just sad to make it now. But it, it's time to say goodbye. I know he's Tito's favorite toy, but for a guy who has not had a positive war in five years and it's that just cleveland last year was let's see games played 81 last year with the negative war 2020 was six colorado was 70 games with a negative war colorado was 61 with a negative war he was 29 the last time he had a positive war hit his 30s and it just hasn't been the same guy and right now again you could be seeing what you know Maybe as Avian Curry could do as a reliever. You could see what maybe Hunter Gaddis could do. You can see what some of these are. And when Anthony Ghost is healthy, who who are you getting rid of? Are you going to cut and yell? Are you going to get him through waivers? Because he's not getting through waivers. Are you going to send down Henches because he's had struggles? You're just going to you know ignore the fact that he is your young power lefty and you don't have a lot of those. So that's we only need one lefty. Is that what, That's probably what's going to happen. What should happen is goodbye, Shaw. I'm going to leave it there. I know it's supposed to be all prospects, but talk about those prospects that aren't really, they don't strike me as starters. What they strike me as is relievers. And, you know, Curry and Gaddis have to be added at the end of the year. Miklajak has to be added at the end of the year. Why not add them now? You have so many starters in AA. We've talked about it. There are guys who, especially like as, you know, 
players come off the disabled list, get healthy, move their in their roles. At some point, I assume we're going to want to see Vargas starting again. Uh, just have at it. Like make this team a young team. It doesn't have to be vets everywhere. Or I know. Okay, there's going to be some out there being like, then you have no veteran present. The entire uh, coaching staff is veterans. Like you have that many coaches on this team, they should be able to provide a bit of a veteran presence. And if not, then that's what like Jose is for. That's what uh, Shane is for. It's not like they have a they're the youngest team in baseball, but part of that is because they don't have a bench with a bunch of thirty year old dudes. They rolled with young guys. They're not giving secondary contracts to mediocre talent, and they're not a te- you know out there you know rolling with a Taylor Wade who just got traded from you know to the Yankees. They're trying their own internal options, and I'd like to see them do it with pitcher. Rather than compound the Brian Shaw mistake, end up paying him a million more dollars, and and I mean that literally, pay him a million more dollars if you let him get to 80 games this year like he got to last year. It's time to cut bait and say goodbye. Um, maybe see if he wants to get into coaching. I think he could be good at that. I really do. And again, his first run in Cleveland he was phenomenal. He was, I would argue, one of the top 10 relievers in the last 20 years for this team. So I don't like that it's ending like this, but I think it's time to end it. Much like this show. Thank you for listening to Lockdown Guardians this week. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. I'm going to have some bonus shows this weekend, all focused on the draft. If you want more draft, it's coming. I'm going to have one for Saturday and Sunday to prepare you for Sunday's Major League Baseball draft. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.